Hello, I'm Liz Jones. If you read my diary in the Mail on Sundays You magazine, then you'll know me and my life pretty well. But if you've always wanted to know more, this is the place for you. Welcome to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast. I'll be taking you behind the scenes of this week's column before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last 20 years. I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend and confidant, Nick. Hello. The seminal moment of the last week. I hope young girls and young boys all up and down the country were watching the final between England and Spain and watched Mary, the goalkeeper, just going, off, off. Because to me, that embodied how we are all feeling at the moment as women. We just want everyone to off and her rage and her determination and her competitiveness and her spirit even though you couldn't buy a football shirt with her name on it and she's the hero and she saved the penalty and to me if I'd been growing up and I'd had a role model like her I wouldn't have let people just walk all over me empty my bank account cheat on me not give me a contract, not give me a pension, not answer my emails, not answer my phone calls, rip me off, builders, decorators, car mechanics, boyfriends, husbands, everyone. We all need to be more merry. I think women are now that more though, aren't they? I think I think this generation, the younger generation. I hope they are. I hope are they don't more. put up with any shit. I just think she was the woman of the match for me and it doesn't matter that we didn't win because girls up and down the country would have watched that and felt braver and boys up and down the country would have watched that and shivered in their shoes. We all need to be more merry. I just love her. So I think the message today, our word of today's off. But that is the determination and the drive that you have to have. And so few people do it. Everyone I come across is a flake. Oh, I've got to leave work early because I've got to go to the dentist and I've got to pick, go to Sainsbury's and I've got to pick my child up from school. And No, no, just be dedicated or don't take up that space in that job. Go away. Well, I think people, you've got different levels. You've got people that are very dedicated to their profession. You've got people that work to live. They just want a job to pay the bills, but what they want is their life and their family and, and to do nice things, you know, it's literally just to get the money in. So it's two different focuses, isn't it? No, but I still think you can have that attitude even if you're a waiter. So I went to a restaurant the other Sunday with my friend and the waiter, we got to the bar, he didn't even look at us, he didn't say hello. When we had our meals, he didn't smile. When I asked him what was in the vegetable um, tempura, he said, I don't know. I mean, have the correct attitude, whatever you're doing. 
No, whatever you do, you can do it to the best of your ability. Yeah, but people yeah, don't, do they? No, people I'm don't sure. even look up look up at you when you go in boots. If you're checking in on the plane, they don't even look up from their screen. And this, I when I went to Switzerland the other week, and she didn't even look up from her screen and, and tied things up. I said, what are you doing? Are you writing a novel? And the look she gave me. Was it one of your no looks? No, but she gave me a look because I dared to say to yeah, her, yeah. what are you doing? Are you writing a novel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what did, did you what did you say to her? <laughs> this podcast is going to be bleep bleep bleep. I'm going to have a t-shirt. <laughs> Even though you can't buy a Nike t-shirt with Mary's name on, I'm going to have one made with. <laughs> now I have seen a new film this week called No Hard Feelings, starring Jennifer Lawrence. Now. Everyone who listens to this podcast will know that I love Jennifer Lawrence. We all love Jen. I mean, she's beautiful, isn't she? She's I one just love her. Woman. She's so spunky and feisty, and she's not stick thin. She's just—I just love her so much. But this film gave me the ick. I'm sorry. Give you the ick. You can't say that. Why not? Give you the ick. That's like a Love Islandism. I've never even heard it till Love Island. Oh, I love Love Island. Is it that you're down with the kids, though? Are you down with the kids? It gave me the ick because the premise oh, of this God. movie, No Hard Feelings, is Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence is 30. She's very down at heel. She's about to lose her house. Her car is towed, so she can't be an Uber driver. So she agrees with the parents of this 19-year-old, to sleep with him and be his girlfriend in order to get a car. That give you the ick? Well, she's 30 and he's 19. I think that's revolting. Um, can I just point out that when I started dating Martin, he was 19. I, I'm think, it's I think it's Peter It's Filia. not Peter <laughs> God. I'm not and a pedophile. Jennifer, much as I love you, did you have to do full frontal nudity? She's got the body for it, to be honest. But I don't think it's necessary. Did Catherine Hepburn do full frontal nudity? Did Carol Lombard do full frontal nudity? Did Grace Kelly do... F- no. No, 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 Jennifer. One funny joke, and I don't think there's enough funny jokes. I mean, I've just seen the winner of the Edinburgh Joke of the Year was a woman. Yay! And she's, the joke of the year at the Edinburgh Festival was, I'm dating a zookeeper, turns out he's a cheater. Oh, God. I write better jokes than that in my sleep. That's the sort of thing that Martin I write me better jokes than that when I'm dead. Honestly, Martin sends me that sort of thing from Facebook, those sort of awful, awful, awful. jokes. Awful. No. My no. unpublished novel off. has thousands of jokes better than that. And there is one funny scene. So she's in bed with this 19-year-old and he's a bit too overexcited. And she, oh. she uses his cuddly toy to wipe up the semen on her leg. Oh, oh. That gives you the ick. That's my. Do you know what? That's the thing about sex, isn't it? All the bloody clearing up and all the mess. You don't do it with a cuddly oh, toy. You, you do not. But it, it's got to be worth the mess of having to change the sheets and go and shower. It's got to be worth it. But I did meet Jennifer Lawrence once. You did, didn't you? Yes. 
And she was, I had to go to the Monaco Grand Prix, as you do, and I went on a boat and I complained about it moving. And I sat next to Nicholas Holt, famous actor. Yeah. And he was then dating someone. So I leaned over to her and I said, hello, what do you do? And it was Jennifer Lawrence. Oops. You're very good at that, aren't you? you but she was lot. probably the first time, because she'd already done Hunger Games, it was probably the first time that someone had said to her, and what do you do? And I wonder if it's kind of like refreshing, because it's nice to be sort of a bit anonymous, or whether it's just damn right insulting. It could go either way. She went it? a bit green, <laughs> but I think that's because the water was a bit choppy. <laughs> yeah, possibly that. <laughs> I have a very, very small thing to say here, because no one asked me to write it, even though I suggested it, about the new Vogue cover, the September issue. We know the September issue is the most important issue of the year, gets the most revenue, it's the biggest, it's absolutely make or break the September issue. So on the September issue of American Vogue, it's the supermodel, Cindy, Linda... Christy, who doesn't like me, Naomi. They're also on the cover, isn't it? Yeah, but Tatiana Petit isn't there because she died. She was beautiful. It's also on the cover of British Vogue. And I know, I'm giving you some ins, never mind the airbrushing, because we've all done it. My author picture was airbrushed. I'm airbrushed every day. I don't understand why people wouldn't. I'll be honest with you, if you've got the option, crack on. But this will bring us to Helen Mirren shortly because she hasn't been airbrushed. She's on a new cover this month. She's 78 and she hasn't been airbrushed. But it's Vogue. You kind of expect a sort of fantasy. But my point is the moment British Vogue and American Vogue share the same cover, you need to be worried because it's all about cost yeah, yeah. and it's no longer about competition. Like I was editor of British Marie Claire, literally the comp- the competition and the spying and the subterfuge, what's American Vogue got, who's, who's American Marie Claire got, we're kind of the same, we can't be beaten, we need to win, I need to win, and we need to win, I need to win. So this collaboration isn't a good sign. You cannot have... The same cover on two... It tells me they're thinking about saving money. And I did airbrush Renny Zellweger as Bridget. I did airbrush her. I don't want to be airbrushed. I've got no problem with it. Crack on. Make me But the only reason I airbrushed Renny Zellweger for the cover of Marie Claire was because when she turned up for the shoot, she was like a cadaver. And it's probably the only time in magazine history we've airbrushed a film star to be bigger than they are in real life. Because she didn't look like Bridget. Oh, no. She didn't look like Bridget. She lost the weight. The moment she did the film, she lost the weight. And I had lunch with her at the Mondrian Hotel in Los Angeles, and the only thing she would order was organic flat rainwater. So this is why I'm always going to be fat, really, isn't it? Organic flat rainwater. Now, that's a no from me. It's a no. But you've been 
trying to turn yourself into Davina McCall, Nicola. I, I have indeed. I've been looking at a new, uh, well, it's not new, it's been out for about a year in the UK, but I've, it's just come to my attention because Davina McCall is now the advert, the face of something called Zoe. What is Zoe? So Zoe is a new system. It's a scientific approach to eating. So you know like you've got all the diets like keto. Is it to keto. do with the menopause? No, 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 Davina's, it's just to do with well-being. So... Unlike things like keto and paleo or the Cambridge diet, it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's a scientific approach that analyzes how your body reacts to certain foods and gives you suggestions to to change how you eat for your well-being. So you start off with um, a lot of tests that measure your gut microbiome, your blood sugars, and these go on for about 10 days, different tests, and you send them off and it's all loaded onto an app and you also wear a monitor so that when you eat, you get real-time information on how your body processes foods. So you can then make adjustments. So it's really good. So for instance, if you have porridge every day for breakfast, but actually your body processes fats much better than it processes these carbs, then it will suggest that perhaps you'd have fruit and yogurt for breakfast instead of porridge. So it works with you intelligently to change how you eat. Is and it is it about buying gadgets and spending money? I mean, how much does this cost? It's 299 for the test kit. So that that's a pretty good test kit. And can then after really, that... Can women really afford that? Do we not just know what we should be doing? We need to be sleep, no. sleeping enough, eating healthily going for walks no because i think the difference is so that what's healthy for you and how your body processes certain things is going to be different for how it's healthy for me and how my body processes but surely an apple is an apple is an apple is an apple an apple is an apple but it all depends on how your body processes the sugar in the apple sure this isn't a money-making exercise no i've looked into it i've looked into it quite a lot and this is one of the reasons i'm testing it i'm testing it because i've got undiagnosed chronic illness and with gut issues and i want to lose weight and i'm tired all the time so I've got a lot that potentially you I forgot could. to tell the listeners about your narcolepsy. Yeah, I have sleep issues as well. Chronic lateness. So um, there's a lot that I'd like to get from this program, and the reason I'm testing it is because you know it's two hundred ninety nine ninety nine for the test kit, and then you pay instalments. How much? Um, a month from twenty four ninety nine, which is then using the app. Do they go the to Sainsbury's and buy your food for you? They don't, but it's a very intelligent. I'd like that app. actually. No, I'd like that. It's a very intelligent app. It's really helpful. It's it it walks you through everything. You've you've got humans you can talk to. So I'm starting this on Sunday, and I sort of want to start it and see if it helps me because if it helps me i mean davina mccall's a machine isn't she she's a magnificent machine of perfection but my body i'm short fat old bloated and ill so if it helps me then it might help some of us why listeners. are you waiting till sunday because the first day you have to do a series of tests throughout the day so you need to be able to do the tests on time so the app will prompt you how and when you do the test. Does so it, you're handheld all the way through. Does it test cortisol? Um, I don't think it does. I think it tests the microbiome in your body. It tests your sugars and how your sugars react to, to food. And it's you wear a constant glucose monitor. 
So you've got this constant monitoring ongoing. It's not just the initial See, tests. I had a wellness ring. I did that piece about my biological age in the mail on Sunday, and I had a wellness ring. Put the wellness ring on, yeah. charge it, it goes to an app. Every five seconds it would say to me, not connected, no signal, not connected. Yeah. Absolutely rubbish. Yeah. No, the reviews Harry for this wears the same black yeah. wellness ring. I'm here to tell you it's rubbish. And I will tell you as well, she offered that I could have a go of it, but she didn't think it would fit on my chubby fingers. She said, looking at your fingers, I don't think you'll get it on. <laughs> yeah, but fair enough, Nick. Rather than having a go at me, when I had it fitted, I had to get a ring measuring size no, and have it measured it for my, my finger. finger. So that it was close to my finger. Little finger. I'm not just attacking you for being overweight. I'm telling you it had to be measured very accurately for my finger. It was a joke, Liz. It was a joke. And the other thing I've been, um, I wanted to talk about is there's a new book coming out next week called Hope and How Street Dogs Taught Me the Meaning of Life featuring Rodney McMuffin, who's a beagle, and King Wacker. And that's by Niall Harbison. Who have you heard of him? He's on. He's a he's a rescuer in Thailand, um, and he's got a massive following on Twitter God and on Facebook. Country. And he is incredible. And just a, a very brief history of Niall. He found himself in hospital. Um, he had addictions, nearly died, and he changed his life by changing the life of of working and rescuing street dogs. And what I love about him, not only does he do an amazing job i mean he's amazing but his twitter feed and his facebook feed is joyful so if you're like me and you can't bear to look at some of these rescue pages because it literally you can't stand it it's too upsetting Niall is the one to follow because you just see all these amazing will you link rescues. him in on the twitter and i the will website? i will link him in because he's fantastic all the proceeds from his book is going to to help But how does dogs. he survive? It's all very well to say, I'm going to go to Thailand and give out food to 20 dogs every day. You still need to earn money, don't you? You do, and I think he's got a very good, he's got a huge following, and I think, you know, he, he obviously is, is running it as a charity. And and I love, you get to know the dogs really well. So there's Muffin the Beagle, who was found... Has he got a collie? He's, yeah, I don't know. He probably has got a collie. He seems to have everything. And McMuffin was found with tumours and he was hours from death and now lives really happily with Niall. There's King Wacker who had a really nasty, vicious attack and there's the lovely, lovely Tina who unfortunately died last week and he's actually pushed his publisher to get a chapter in about Tina before the book's published next week. So that's going to be a last-minute entry. Don't copy me, Niall. He's going he's gonna to fundraise to build a, a, a hospital for dogs like Tina that really need that extra special care. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I follow a lot of animal rescuers, and yeah. I do, a, I do a lot of pieces about animals and everything. But I kind of think, and do you remember there was that lovely young woman who committed suicide? Yeah, yeah. What I think needs to happen: we can't rely on all these small rescuers. You need legislation. You, need legislation. you need to make all the atrocities, like that woman who punched and kicked that horse is on trial at the moment. She's denying animal cruelty. The man who was a farrier who hit the horse with a hammer nine times, he's been barred, he appealed. Stronger laws and stronger le- no, legislation. We do. We do. We do. And, and, and in the meantime... Otherwise, you're just whistling in the wind. No. You, is make it illegal and put people in prison. 
But if you do one thing today, just one thing, go and look at Noel's Twitter page and you will see him rescuing this dog and it's it's uplifting, it's lovely, it's nothing horrible, but you see him taking the beautiful, beautiful Buster when he's released, he gets him in the car and he takes him to an ice cream parlour and I'm telling you, your heart will melt much faster than that ice cream in the Thailand sun when you see that dog eating that ice cream after years of being chained up. And that's what his page is. It's uplifting. And when you give him money, you see exactly where that money's going. And just go and see Buster. Do you want this week's column? Let's do this week's column. Which is the whole point of this, really, isn't it? So this week's column is about how much I love London. And I obviously I hate the Sadiq Khan, I hate Ulez and everything, but I just love the chaos of London and I love the fact that you're just a little tiny speck amongst all these millions of people and it's where I found my fortune and it's where I found my friends and I just cry thinking about London. It's just home, isn't it? It's where we're from and I think wherever you're from. Yeah, but your suburbs. (laughs) So the column is... Why are men so monosyllabic and jealous? I texted David 1.0. I said, I'm in the land of indecision. I can't decide on dinner, let alone a car. And I can't make up my mind whether to buy here in the Dales or a flat in London. At first, he was helpful. If the cottage you're renting next to the horses is secure, then moving in the same locale makes no sense. London's your home. London trumps all as an investment and I might get to see more of you. I'm trying not to make another mistake. Yet the green-eyed monster rears its ugly head because he says, and you might see more of the Scot. Just be helpful, thank you. My problem is this. If I move from the cottage, it's hard to look after the horses. I walk round to look after them six, seven times a day, and that's with employing of someone full-time, you. Me. I would have to put the dogs in the car, drive, but A, I don't own a car, I can't decide which car to buy. B, Teddy, the collie, is big and he won't get in the car. And if he is in the car, he sits in the driver's seat. Typical man. He's actually like a bear, isn't he? He's He's he's, enormous. enormous. Once he sat in the driver's seat while I was getting petrol and he wouldn't move. So I had to go back into the petrol station and buy him a sausage roll to make him move and I'm vegan if I buy a flat in London I can't take my dogs I took Missy to London once for an interview on BBC radio as we entered Broadcasting House she was almost decapitated by a revolving door which means as well as employing Nick I have to have to hire a dog sitter at £50 a night just to sleep with them I also hate having anyone in my cottage as I have severe OCD I worry they will put water on my work surface. Nicola? Don't ask. Just don't ask. There's a sign in my kitchen. What does it say? It is, do not put water on the work surface. Thank you. Yes. And she covered it when she went away. She covered it in towels and paper towels. I was scared. Yeah, because to have my marble surface 
redone cost £540. But is there anyone else listening to this podcast? Yes, Sat- Satnam on the Times. Yes. He's so sweet. I love Satnam. I have a bit of, of a crush on Satnam. He wrote saying that he'd got his first house and his first kitchen, but why can he put not put water on his kitchen surface? Yes, I'm sorry. That was my so first... So it's me and Satnam. Yeah. First flipping like reaction was, it's a kitchen worktop. Of course you can put water no, in it. No, you can't. But apparently can't. not. No, 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 no. I feel very trapped by my horses. On my mini break in Devon next week with Minnie, I can only take Minnie. How many times will I say Minnie in this sentence? I don't know. I don't know, but you're leaving me the difficult ones. <laughs> As Missy and Teddy are too difficult, yeah, but you're very highly paid. Which, again, will mean employing two people to look after them. Anyway, I sat down with Nick at my kitchen table to write a list of pros and cons. The first thing Nick wrote down was, it's London. That was in the London column, wasn't it? Yeah, it's London. Yeah, it's London. It's London, it's London. That's it. London That's came it. out overwhelmingly on top. I will feel normal, clean. I will see my friends. I can do a day's work and not face a 500-mile round trip. It's home. The train... I mean, I always go by train now. I don't drive because I used to fall asleep at the wheel because I worked so many long hours. But I was on the train the other day, first class. It took an hour and a half to bring me a bottle of still water for Mini Puppy. An hour and a half. And as I got off the train, I said, it took you an hour and a half. Good idea. And when I went to find them to get water for Mini Puppy, they're all just chatting and eating sandwiches in 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 the buffet bit. They're all just yeah. chatting and eating sandwiches. Why are you chatting and eating sandwiches when I've waited an hour and a half in first class for water for Mini Puppy? And the woman said, stop shouting. I said, I'm not shouting, I'm deaf. And I slammed my hearing aids on the little table. And she said, but you're buying the seat, not the service, not the trolley, not the water. But that's you're the whole point the of first class, isn't it? You get food, you get drink, and you get a bit and of And then she said, then the train fell on the oh, track, dear. and it was an hour and a half way, and I said, I've got to get home, I've got to get home. She said, yes, I want to get home as well. I said, yeah, but you're paid to be, it's your job, I'm the customer. F*** off! There's going to be so much beeping in this podcast. <laughs> Mary, Mary, Mary. <laughs> Oh, God. Anyway, after Nick wrote down It's London, London came out on top. It was prophetic. I find a flat in Pimlico, 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 with a balcony. Includes all the furniture, which is great because I don't have any. My desk is in storage. You see, the thing is this. I am not the problem. Okay, I might be enlisted on a 30-session course of EMDR therapy, like Harry, which helps people recover from trauma. I might be shy and nervous, but I am where I am because others have preyed on me. A few weeks ago, I saw a psychiatrist. Oh my god, he was so handsome! Yeah, you've you've said that a lot. I've oh, got so I've got handsome. his picture on my desktop, <laughs> and he said, "I'm a beautiful person. I'm doing a beautiful beautiful thing by rescuing dogs and horses. That I'm talented. I'm so angry and bitter that I am where I am because none of it is my fault." I'm exactly like my mum. I would turn up at her house with artisan bread, fresh peoples, flowers, sweet peas. And at the end of my visit, she would thrust all of it back into my hands. You take it, dear, she said. 
Whenever I get anything, I want to give it away. I'm already thinking, if I get the Pimlico flat, perhaps I could rescue David. Perhaps he could live there. Could he bring his cat? Anyway, I'll ask him to view it with me. All I get in response is, okay, not great. Shall I book a table for dinner? Instead, he tells me he's seen the movie based on Philip Green. I tell him it's called Greed. Yeah. It stars that man I fancy. I can't remember his name. I tell him I always made sure, front row, I never, ever had my photo taken with Philip Green. And I tell him I haven't seen that, but I've just seen Oppenheimer. You came to see that with me. I did. I did. Him. Was it any good? Me. It's long, like your dick. Oh, dear God. He texts back, forward. Like your dick. Unlike your memory, Jones. Don't worry about his long dick. Don't worry about his long dick. That's funny. It's long like your dick. That should win the Edinburgh Joke of the Year award. Not my boyfriend works for a zoo. He's a cheater. The Joke of the Year is you with your jokes and the long years of repeated disaster. No, 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 Jones. You can read this week's diary in full in Mail on Sunday's You magazine. Helen Mirren is just on the cover of a new magazine, age 78, and it not airbrush shows all her wrinkles. She's wearing very edgy clothes. She looks incredible. She is incredible. I'm a big Helen Mirren fan. And I interviewed her in 2008 in Los Angeles. I stayed at the Standard Hotel and I thought when they saw me, they were going to rename it as the Substandard Hotel. (laughs) The first time I met Helen Mirren, it's the most exciting night of her life, the night she wins Best Actress Oscar for The Queen. Everyone from Tom Cruise to Madonna wants (sighs) to offer their... Stop it! Wants to offer their congratulations. When I sidle up alongside her at the Vanity Fair party to have a selfie... And she's never clapped eyes on me. She quickly recovers her puzzlement and beams, Hello, how are you? Yes, of course I'll have my picture taken with you. She slips an arm round my waist and poses graciously. She's the biggest star in the world, has been prodded and pulled and photographed for the past 12 hours, but still she's gracious. When any other actor would have just glared icily or had their walkie-talkie bouncer sweep me from their presence. In 2008, when I arrived for our shoot in a low-slung, modernist house high in the hills above Hollywood, she claims to remember our encounter, which is kind. I'm sure she didn't remember it. She Aww. thought, who is this mad woman who she wants took a picture? She took pity on you. <laughs> She's standing on an apple crate, having kicked off her six-inch Louboutins in a duchess satin gown and sheer black top. Her pale hair, I've got thin, soft Floppity hair, she says, is modern and choppy. Her navy eyes are framed in bronze, her lips are red. She looks amazing. Do I, she says. I never look in the mirror when I haven't my makeup done. I never control how I look. I let people do their thing. It's more exciting. Having won an Academy Award for her portrayal of Elizabeth II, a woman who, let's face it, was mainly seen dressed head to toe in tweed, and having appeared on TV for four hours, 
in a Golden Globe-nominated performance in the final two episodes of Prime Suspect, looking tired, defeated and, frankly, alcoholic. Wasn't Prime Suspect amazing? Amazing. She says, watching myself in Prime Suspect is cringe-making. I look terrible. The tiredness was real. I did three films back-to-back. I ponder it must be galling that the press has, over the past few days, been having a field day over the fact she looks at 63. So obviously now she's 78. Still looks the same now, still looks amazing. So good. Properly hot, not hot for her age, said one female columnist, in a bikini. Her body even made it into a cartoon in an American broadsheet. John McCain, famously computer-phobic, was depicted using Google for the first time, exclaiming, Who's this Helen Mirren chick? She puts her head in her hands. I love the way she's so tactile with her face. Most movie stars just sit there expressionless in case something gets smudged. And she lets out a moan. I only wore that bikini. I got it in a boutique in Nice. And it actually fitted me, which is nice. It's built like a bra, because I was certain I would not get photographed. She leaps up and starts doing a chimpanzee impression across the lawn. I had to crawl like over rocks through brambles to get to that beach. I can't tell you how difficult it was. We, she and her husband, Taylor Hatford, the director, had been staying in Italy at the ruin we're renovating. And although the paparazzi normally follow us, we thought we'd shaken them off. We put our little things out and we were lying there and we got in the water and they got me. Still, you look bloody marvellous, I tell her. I'm beyond the bikini-wearing age, really. I wouldn't normally wear one. The truth is, I don't really look that good. It was just a flattering picture. I look like a woman in her 60s. Bloody doesn't. I've always looked awful in the bikini, even when I was young. Bloody doesn't. I tell her she's being disingenuous. I'm not. I don't try to be anything other than what I am. I did read some of the stuff people wrote, and they said, well, she obviously has a trainer and a nutritionist. And I think, I don't smoke, I don't drink too much, I exercise occasionally, I'm incredibly lazy, I'll do anything to avoid exercising. And I think an awful lot of women look like me, and I think a lot of an awful lot of women look a lot better than me. I've never had any work done. My God, did you see Faye Dunaway? Women here in Hollywood don't look young, they've all had work done, they just look odd. She's experienced a lifetime of being judged on her looks. I did feel strongly when I was in my 20s, she says, that I was marginalised and patronised and salted and it made me so angry. There's a famous interview, isn't there, with Park yeah, Michael Parkinson, yeah, yeah. when he says, what about your equipment? It wasn't only men that did it, women did it too. I was a byproduct of the pure, natural way I looked because I'm blonde and I had tits. You can't have that stuff and be intelligent. You have to look like you have to be intelligent. I look crestfallen. She notices and quickly adds, you know... Slim, with long legs and dark hair. Oh, I forgive her. She's impossible to stay cross with because she leans in close to tell you something conspiratorially and bothers to inquire about your jet lag. We chat about her uncanny portrayal of the Queen and in a split second, just by sitting up straight, putting her head into her chest, fiddling with the rings on her fingers, she's transformed into the Queen Elizabeth. I hope I captured her sweetness, she says. I never felt I got her voice, though. Helen's childhood was working class, often having to scrape at the end of the week to buy food. My mum always did us Russian salad on a Friday. Is that leftovers? Frozen peas and rice. 
that. I think that's nice. She, she then went and worked for the Royal Shakespeare Company. And that was steady work and very respectable, she says. She loved acting early on, playing various backbirds coming out of pies in school. <laughs> but she was never the look-at-me type. I would say I was surprised in her book. The word fear crops up so often. Oh, yes, work always makes me nervous. When I was filming The Queen, knowing I had to produce something, that I wouldn't get a second chance. And right now, because I'm not working, it's so lovely to wake up in the morning and not be nervous about anything. Was she nervous at the Oscars? Not at all. I used to be terrified about parties, going into a pub. I'd have panic attacks. And now I can handle all that. I was lucky at the Oscars because I had family with me. It was fantastic to, the, to win. But the minute you've won, everyone wants a piece of you. And it was exhausting to keep smiling. I cracked and had a hamburger at the Vanity Fair party. And of course, that was a picture that hit the newspapers. Me and my gob round a great big hamburger. I can't imagine her saying gob. just doesn't seem real. When she was 22, Helen was told by a psychic she wouldn't find success before she was 50. Not what I wanted to hear. If I could have told my 22-year-old self anything, it would have been to have had patience. It breaks my heart when you read about teenagers killing themselves. There was this beautiful guy, not physically, but he was beautiful, in my hometown, Saffend. Saffend. Lovely. And he was really smart, really funny. He lived in one room with his father, a drunk. He wasn't allowed to stay on at school. He killed himself at the age of 17. He was one of the kids I hang out with, and I'd never forgotten him. He didn't realise that in 10 years' time, his life would have been completely different. His natural talent would have taken him somewhere. It's heartbreaking. So my advice, if you're a young person, is to be patient because things change. Be up for it. And isn't, you know, I had, I felt I had so much in com common with Helen, Helen Mirren because I said, what would she have told her 19 year old self playing Cleopatra at the old Vic? I said, I said, would it have been to have more fun, to be less stressed? She said, no, struggling and suffering is all important. She tells me she's so lucky to have stepchildren. And they often turn up wearing the same outfit or pick up the phone just when the other was about to ring. She said she was always too busy working to be a hippie in the 60s and found the whole Earth Mother Baby on the Hip vibe terribly oppressive. I wonder if she would have achieved what she has if she'd had children. No, that was a conscious decision. I mean, it was helped by the fact I was never maternal. It's not that I don't love kids. I just didn't have that overriding desire to have them. Her mother died 10 years ago and didn't live long enough to see her daughter be made a dame or win that Oscar. It was so brave of her, an East End girl, to marry not only a foreigner, he was Russian, but someone five years younger than her. She had curiosity, always wanted to try. That was fantastic. I always remember when she came with me on the set of Caligula. There she was, sitting chatting to a naked Italian extra next to a giant gold penis. What amazes me most about Helen Mirren is the way she's managed to remain friends with the men. Liam Neeson. Lovely. Oh, my God. Yeah, I do like a bit of Liam. In her life. They were lovely to me, she says, every one of them. Each one taught me something different. Each one was generous with their spirit or their soul. The breakups were difficult, but we got through it. And I knew in the back of my mind it wasn't forever. It wasn't that kind of relationship. Her mother never wanted her to marry. 
I couldn't bear the thought of being a wife. It seemed like imprisonment. I asked her what her home was like in LA. Well, it's got a pool, but it hasn't got a great view, she says. Does she have a maid, a cook? I don't have a maid. I do have a cleaner, but I like to clean the house myself. My mum used to hate housework. She would start a hoovering, become bored and leave it halfway through. I always have to clean the space I'm in, even if it's an office. I mean, I'm in an aeroplane cleaning the bathroom. Does your Hollywood mansion have hot running water? She looks puzzled and then says, Oh, you mean all those years I spent in digs with no bathroom, no heating. It was fabulous when I got my first bathroom and I could leave my things there. But I'm a bohemian at heart, she says, offering me a lift in a chauffeur-driven car down the palm-lined, over-manicured, over-sprinkled boulevards. You know, I rather miss those days. Ha, but I bet she wouldn't go back to them. But she was incredibly down-to-earth and incredibly generous. Most movie stars don't offer you a seat in your limo to take you back to the substandard. She sounds absolutely lovely. Amazing. Yeah, I love her. She's classy. That's the that's the epitome. But what of class. I didn't put in the piece was that during the interview there was an earthquake and everything was moving. She just carried on. Classy. Just classy. That's that's Heron Millen. Every week lots of you get in touch telling me what you think about my life and my decisions. So I think it's only fair that you get to have your say here on the podcast too. If you'd like to get in touch, then go to lizjonesgoddess.com or tweet me at lizjonesgoddess. Do you want to know what the readers are saying? Come on, readers and listeners. Well, we had Kenneth and he's talking about your article last week that was about your dogs throughout your life. And he says, Dear Liz, I could hardly read your article in this week's You for the tears in my eyes. I'm of your generation, and ever since my mother placed a puppy, bought for £3 in Kingston Market in my pram, I have never known life without at least one dog. If there is a heaven, it will be to hold again all the dogs I've ever known. Bless you, Kenneth. Oh, we love Kenneth. Oh, we love Kenneth. And we also had um, from Sienna... Thank you, Nicola, for all you do for the animals. I listened to the podcast and heard you talking about this and immediately went to find the link to donate. I love you, Sienna. Thank you so much. Completely agree with what you said about Countryfile and food adverts, etc., portraying farming as lovely life for animals when the reality is often horrific. So I just wanted to say thank you to Sienna for her donation. For everyone else that's donated, we're up to now almost 1300 on GoFundMe. We're still looking for 5000 This is rescuing the farm sheep. This is rescuing the farm sheep, all the ewes and the lambs that have had horrible abuse and just need a lovely life. So thank you to everyone that's donated and thank you to anyone that could donate, share or whatever. That would be amazing. Oh, God. Well, that's it from us this week. If you enjoyed listening to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast, why not visit mailplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcast videos, opinion pieces and more. I'll be back next Sunday. But for now, I'm Liz Jones. And I'm Nick. Goodbye. Goodbye.